Lord, by your Holy Spirit, shine a light into your word for us today that we may be changed and revived and renewed by your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, for quite a few years, my dear wife, Gillian, didn't look forward to the new year. Uh, the celebration of it was fine. She didn't have any particular concerns regarding the time or indeed the future year. But because she knew that once all the bell ringing and singing had died down and we finally retired to bed, I would start talking. Not in a joyful, enthusiastic sort of way, optimistic about what lay ahead and the possibilities of the coming year, but I would rather reflect on, in a somewhat mournful way, the past, asking whether I was doing the right thing, using my time or my life in the right way. Would my life be of value? Was my work making a useful contribution? Was I even doing the right thing? Time to time, I'm sure that everyone takes a moment to stop and reflect and think about their legacy, maybe more so at the current time, because we've got a lot of time to think. What difference will your life or my life have made in this world? What will I leave behind? Not in terms of money, but in terms of impact in a positive way. Well, I doubt they'll be arriving to put up a blue plaque outside my house to celebrate my world-changing contribution to science or music or theology or indeed any other field of study or achievement. And apart from a sense of relief for everyone's ears when I finally stop talking, I'm not sure just how great a positive impact I will have made. But it is important that we consider how we live, our motivations and our reasons for doing what we do. Jesus said, before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. Jesus was going away and we're reflecting on that time he spent teaching his disciples as he was looking forward to the time when he would fulfill God's work in this world. It wasn't the first time that he'd mentioned his going away, but I wonder just how much the disciples understood about what he was saying at that moment. He was soon to pursue the journey that we celebrated recently, albeit in a strange way to our normal practice the way to the cross and beyond. The disciples must have lots of questions buzzing around in their head. And we only catch a few moments of the conversation, almost like listening into one end of a phone call. They had the privilege of walking, of sitting and of conversing with Jesus side by side and face by face. But what would life be like without him? How would they manage? How would they continue to live the life in all its fullness that life with Jesus had shown them? It's a bit like our being cut off from our church fellowship in a direct way. How do we carry on without that encouragement? And we found all sorts of exciting ways. 
But Jesus reassures his disciples, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He's not leaving anything to chance. He's leaving a lasting legacy, not just a series of profound memories or wise teachings, but a greater gift that will enable his people to live as they have with him and to do even greater things. Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The writer of John's Gospel, like us, views this scene from the future, after the promise has been fulfilled. So we have a much clearer understanding of what Jesus was talking about. The relationship between Jesus, the Father and the Spirit, in which we are included in Christ. We'll be soon celebrating the coming of the Holy Spirit. And not wishing to steal anyone's thunder on that theme, I just want to dwell for a moment on the word that Jesus uses to refer to the Spirit. The Greek word which John uses to capture what Jesus said is parakletos. You've probably heard it before. And he will give you another parakletos, which literally means one who is called alongside another or who is called to one's aid. And the problem is we don't have one English word which completely sums up the meaning of the Greek. So in various translations of the Bible, we find different words used. In our reading, the word advocate is used. Someone who stands for and in support of another, rather like a lawyer, defence lawyer at a trial, one who pleads our cause. The word could just as appropriately have been translated as counsellor, of helper, of strengthener, of standby, encourager, comforter, defender or intercessor. One who brings the cause of another to God when they may not be able to do so themselves. In his letter to the Romans, Paul reminds us of that role of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, he says. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Even when we have no words to pray, the Spirit is in us and continues to cry out for, to God on our behalf. 24-7, 365 days a year or 366 in a leap year because there's no time off for the praying, interceding Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is for us and in us so many things. And it's the spirit which enables us to fulfill our part of the loving deal, the covenant relationship into which we enter in Christ. If Jesus said, oh, sorry, Jesus did say, if you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. 
that at first glance to me felt a little bit uncomfortable. But it's not like the selfish, coercive statement that we are all guilty of at times. If you really loved me, you would do this or you do that. This is Jesus saying, I love you. There's nothing we can do to change or improve on that. It's an absolute truth. We don't have to earn the love of Jesus. But our love for Jesus by the transforming power of his Holy Spirit in us moves us to do his will, to keep his commands, to act in obedience to him. When we recognise all that God has done for us, how can we do otherwise? And the Spirit not only moves us to do these things, but the Spirit empowers and enables us to do them. Keeping the commands of Jesus to love, worship, share the good news, pray, delight in scripture and forgive as we're forgiven is a tall order. But we're not left as orphans to go it alone. We have the Holy Spirit in us to equip and enable us. And it's necessary for us day by day, moment by moment, to submit our wills to the will of God in faith to dive in and let the current of his Holy Spirit drive us, lead us towards the fullness of life that God's promised. Late in the 19th century, all sorts of exciting things were going on around the world and where people were exploring new ways of doing stuff. And a man had planned to walk a tightrope wire across Niagara Falls with another man on his shoulders. I don't think I'd be volunteering for either role. But after weeks of practice and preparation, as the moment for the crossing drew near, the rope walker told the passenger, we're about to risk our lives. I am going to walk the wire. The whole responsibility is mine. You have nothing to do but match my movements. If I sway to the left, let yourself sway with me. If I sway to the right, do the same. Under no circumstances, try to save yourself. For there must be only one will in this adventure, and that will is mine. You must submerge yours to ensure harmony, for without perfect unison, we're both lost. There's only one thing for you to do. Sway with me. As they drew near the opposite side, the unexpected happened. The long vibration of the wire broke in the centre into two waves, and each of these broke again into two and so on in accordance with the law of physics until the movements of the wire became so violent that the man who was walking the wire could scarcely keep his feet where he placed them. It was a perilous moment. But the feat was accomplished and the crossing was a success. They reached the other side. They came through it together. The young passenger of that man went on to become an active leader in Christian endeavour and an elder in a certain church. And he used to say, I learned more of my religion on the wire that day than in all my life. I learned that the only sane and safe way to live 
to sway with God. And as we pass through perilous times, we have the spirit within us guiding and leading us. Let's sway with the Holy Spirit. Let's be encouraged that the spirit will lead us through this and all things and enable us to fulfill our calling to submit to God's will. Let's take this challenge into the week ahead to live out our love for Jesus Christ, empowered by the Spirit to do as he commands. Then our legacy in Christ is assured. We can be confident that what we do has meaning and will make a difference because it is at one with the purposes of God. Amen.